0: Hey, we're so excited you decided to join us on today at our Shades and Justice podcast with Dr. Evelyn Hill. We're so excited you decided to stop by. Hey, check us out on our website, www.drevelynhill.net. Welcome to Shades and Justice podcast, with yours truly Dr. Evelyn Hill, and we are very excited to have with us today a young lady from the Missouri side, a, one who has been an active protester uh, in downtown um, and beyond uh, on the Kansas City, Missouri side, and also in Kansas. Overland Park, Kansas. So, Miss Rachel Hutton, we are glad to have you as our special guest on today, and we look forward yes. to learning some items from you and just hearing some of your concerns as a young protester. So, first of all, if you don't mind, would you uh, just share um, a little bit about your passion? Uh, you you sent information that uh, you are part of the Miller dream and just share a little bit about that organization and uh what your goals and vision is
1: awesome well uh the miller dream was created um by me and a couple of family members of mine and it was inspired after our uh my late great grandfather uh reverend dd miller who um served as president of the NAACP branch in uh, Wichita. And so he was adamant about fighting injustice and systematic, uh, or systemic racism. And we decided to keep that dream going um, through the creation of the Miller Dream. And our goal is to integrate, educate, and create change one community at a time um, through uh, protests, and uh meeting with uh, countless leaders and getting these uh, legislative duties done um, in any way that we can to help uh, stop the spread of the terrible disease that is racism,
0: okay well, thank you, Miss Rachel. I certainly appreciate uh, your comments with that, and I was pretty fatigued I went. Uh, to look for some of the artifacts from 1971 all the way up, I think, to 1986, but we couldn't get them open, so I will do a little bit more research on that. I did see where he started out as a pastor in 1971 at Progressive Baptist Church and then later um, came back to Kansas City, Kansas, and uh, what was the name of the church? in uh, Kansas City, Kansas. It was um, Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. Yes. And so um, if I remember uh, uh, right, he was there for quite a while until um, he actually, his health became um, issues. So he was an active... participant in our community for years, and we certainly appreciate the legacy that he left. Thank you. And to think that now his great granddaughter and other family members have picked up the baton to continue to run forward with the anti-racism initiatives in this community is pretty awesome. So thank you for your tenacity to get that job done. So we will look up more of uh, what he has done uh, in the future. Uh, But just a couple of questions I want to um, ask you uh, now is, uh, tell us a little bit about the activities that you have uh, been participating in on the Missouri side here in 2020 since the George Floyd Black Lives Matter initiatives have been widespread across our country. So because of uh, protesters there is now an opportunity for open dialogue to address some of the some of the issues that are going on in our communities. So um, what two things have you been protesting about specifically? What two things? There may be a million, but at least give me two.
1: <laughs> well, I would I would want to say, if I could only say two things, I'm going to try and make them broad and say, um, obviously, the police brutality in America is something that I um, am against wholeheartedly and um, seeing it more prominent within uh, the Black um, and Hispanic community um, just lets you know that it also has to do with um, the systemic racism, uh, which is something that I also want to fight against. So I would say the main two things is probably police brutality and systemic racism. Um, And systemic racism just embodies everything that has to do with how, um, you know, America is kind of set for um, white on top. Black on bottom, everything else in the middle. And it's specifically designed that way. I I see a lot of times we say, you know, the system is broken. The system is broken. But um, I shy away from saying that because I feel that the system is working exactly how it was designed to work. So um, that's something that I'm strongly against. And I I protest to fight against that.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And um, I think often um, I hear many uh, people that are not uh, brown or black skin, they are questioning the words Black Lives Matter. Uh, And the reason they are questioning the words Black Lives Matter is the question is, doesn't everybody matter? And, and so my response to that, of course, is yes, everybody matters, but Absolutely. because, yes, thank you, but because of these two issues, police brutality to our communities and systemic racism in our communities, it's looked upon as though Black lives really don't matter. Exactly, exactly. But they wanna... do matter. So I I applaud you for picking those two very broad um, issues to protest about, because Black Lives Do Matter. It's not that uh, this is a hateful uh, organization. Uh, No, it, it, it is a statement, an affirmation that in this community, Brown and Black Lives Matter, just like any other family members matter of exactly. white European uh, uh, countries also. So that is, the, that is uh, absolutely what you are attacking. And this is why you are protesting. Uh, and so I appreciate your uh, candid response about um, those two issues. How long have you been protesting? And just tell me, uh, what, what are some of the areas, uh, uh, physically, ge- geographically, in the Kansas City area that you where? just tell me where you have been protesting?
1: Well, I've been protesting since uh, protesting has begun, basically, in the Kansas City area, um, probably around uh, late May early um, June is when I started going down to the plaza. That's where um, we all congregated um, to to begin with. And at first I didn't understand the area of the plaza. Um, I didn't understand um, a lot of things about why we protested at the plaza, but the more you go out and protest, the more you understand because pro, uh, the plaza is known for uh, its extreme, redlining of areas. And uh, JC Nichols um, was very, was responsible for a lot of the redlining of the time. And he created the plaza, you know, with white people in mind. Um, And uh, the money that's funneled to the plaza um, that's being funneled to make everything in the plaza area look nice and things like that is being paid for by the people in Wyandotte that don't have a grocery store to go to or if they do have a grocery store it has you know it's not in the best conditions it's not like um a beautiful sun fresh or um you know a nice river market that's downtown so um, the more that I learned, the more I wanted to protest. So we protested. I started protesting on the plaza. Um, I protested down on Westport. We, um, When we started the Miller Dream, we're really based out in Kansas and getting more um, legislation and stuff like that out there. So we've been protesting in Lenexa and in Overland Park and um, all, over, all over in these neighborhoods and other um, areas of the city. Um, to uh, make our make our message known, and a lot of times people think that a, a protest uh, is very aggressive, and uh, it's a lot of marching and stuff like that. And sometimes our protest is simply just getting together and um, having a nice uh, memorial, memoriam. Um, I know Ryan Stokes. Um, and the ryan stokes family just had a nice uh memoriam uh picnic style you know uh gathering and that is in a way a protest just to have people come together in the community and share you know that memoriam of uh one of i would like to say our fallen soldiers um it's it's beautiful
0: okay well um I, I totally agree with that. And um, now, Rachel. So, can you tell me? I think you are what we call a millennial, or are you too young to be a millennial? Where 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 do you fit in? That <laughs> whole
1: scope of- I am Gen Z. I'm 19, so I'm uh, part
0: of Gen Z. Okay, a, a Z. Okay, all right. Hey. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, I just think it's important for individual of all ages to understand that uh, we all have to work together no matter what gender, no matter uh, what generation, um, no matter what color, we all together have to work together to uh, make a difference in our community to address a lot of these issues. So right now, it right in the midst of COVID-19, Black Lives Matter. Where are you uh mentally and physically? Do you all wear masks or are you practicing safe uh measures as you are out and about with your oh, pro absolutely. Um, I can't tell you um how
1: much we plan for COVID during our protests. um, We always respect the people that want to hang like a little bit back when we're marching. Um, We always bring uh, disposable masks and hand sanitizers, I mean by the 200s and 300s, just to make sure that everyone that's there feels safe and um, feels ready to continue to protest because I understand um, that some people can't come out and protest Um, So we want to make sure that the people that can stay safe while they're doing so so that they can come out to the next one and the next one and the next one. Um, Yeah, and I I always say that um, I'm never upset at uh, the people that can't protest because everyone has a role you know in this i know that some people are you know in the in the boardrooms having hard discussions with their uh team about racism about how they can p- prevent that new ad from coming out because mm, it's not going to sit right with the Black community, you know? And we have those people, we have the mothers that, you know, can't go out with their children, but they love to uh, pray and make sure that everyone's safe. So I respect everyone's role in the movement and I appreciate everyone's role in the movement.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Ms. Rachel. Uh, I just think that it's so good because uh, often uh, I have heard Uh, that young people don't practice safe uh, measures with the COVID they ignore all of the safety recommendations but it's just so good to hear from you a Gen Z that uh, you are following those protocols and you are aware and moving positively in your zone uh, with that information so thank you for that. So what good things have you seen happen uh, with these protests?
1: The good things I've seen happen, probably the um, the support um, from the people around us. We never know what our reaction is going to be, especially going into a city like Overland Park, because it is um, a predominantly white area, but it also isn't known for, you know, like being extremely racist or um, having extreme police brutality, like um, uh, like the KCPD um, area. So we never know exactly how, um, not just the police officers, but the citizens are going to react. And when we get that reaction of, hey, I saw you guys walking and I brought um, some water for you guys, you know? Oh my God, like, I love when I see things like that or when we uh plan on doing a demonstration and we um get into the intersections. We sometimes we do in, uh demonstrations where we go into the interst- intersections and we either kneel for 8 minutes and 46 seconds in honor of George or we um or we um sorry <laughs> We either kneel or we uh, uh, act in the manner of the way that he was arrested, where we get down on our bellies and stuff, and people get out of their cars and join us. And when stuff like that happens, I it makes it, I get overwhelmed, and it makes me want to cry because things like that just let me know that I'm spreading that awareness and that people are understanding and they're caring.
0: Okay, Rachel, I'm so excited to hear such positive things happening because of protests because all we see on TV often is the negative things and to hear you you literally voice some positive things that are happening that means that your grandfather, great-grandfather, Mr. Reverend D.D. Miller's uh, legacy really is living on and moving forward. So I I'm so excited about the positive things, but what what are a couple of the negative things that you have seen during these protests right here in the Kansas City area?
1: Um, some of the negative things I would say, you know, it would be the exact same thing. We don't we don't know how to react. Um, we don't know how the police react. We don't know how the uh, citizens react sometimes. And when they do react in a manner um, that um, is aggressive as far as police maybe showing up in riot gear to our peaceful protests, you know, insinuating that we're doing something wrong or we're doing something bad and we have to leave. And uh, sometimes they even throw out the uh, uh, unlawful assembly card. And anytime uh, we're at a protest and they try and throw out the unlawful assembly card, I automatically think back to uh, Jim Crow days and how uh, they did all of these preventative lawmaking strategies um, to make the things that black people did illegal. Um, And make it hard uh, for them to just exist and live in society um, and made it extremely hard for their voices to get heard. So Um, that's one thing that I would say is that um, police give us a hard time sometimes. And even the residents, especially when we go into Overland Park area, um, the residents sometimes aren't as kind. I know um, this past weekend, I was um, on de-escalation team for um, one of our protests, and I had to get in the middle of our protesters and a couple of uh, residents that didn't agree with us and it was a, it was very aggressive it was my first time actually being um touched by um one of the residents it was my first time actually being uh assaulted so it was it was a new experience for me but i'm glad it was me taking the beating and not one of my protesters there to support us
0: wow so uh one of the residents actually touched you or pushed you or hit you or
1: oh yes ma'am i was um in the middle of um some of our protesters felt more comfortable on the sidewalk and of course um residents one of the residents didn't agree with that and um was ready to start pushing and shoving some of our protesters so me Just imagine me, 19-year-old me in my um, highlighted vest coming and uh, turning my back towards the aggressor and just, you know, spreading my arms wide and uh, allowing my people to keep moving and encouraging them to keep moving. And while that's happening, I'm getting pushed in my back um, and spit on and telling them telling me, you know, get off our property, get off our property. But these are the things that um, I prepare for when we go and do our uh, demonstrations or protests. So when stuff like that happens, I just take it with a grain of salt. It's, it's just part of what, what we have to do. And me being the young one um, amongst uh, some of the older people, I'm just glad that it's me And not them because I know that they've dealt with
0: it for way too long and (laughs) so I'm glad it's just me. Well, Rachel, I just uh, am very uh, disappointed at the resident that would actually put their hands on any protester in a negative way, and especially spit on a protester. This is something they would not uh, want anyone to do to them. So, of course, I got an issue with it. So, <laughs> I appreciate you for uh, just sharing that. We are getting down to the last four minutes of our conversation. And a couple things I'd like for you to hit on is uh, where will you be next? Um, and uh, protesting. And um, how uh, long do you think you will continue this uh, uh, protest mode that you and your group are doing?
1: Um, Awesome. So I am, our next uh, major event is going to be on August 1st at 6 30 p.m. And it is our state line march. Um, And it's perfect timing because, oh, excuse me, It's perfect timing for um, after what happened last week and coming this marches coming together of the Missouri side and the Kansas side, um, um, attending protests on the Missouri side while also conducting demonstrations on the Kansas side really has helped my group to understand that we are not that different and the police are treating us um, the same. And, you know, we have people that are in the Missouri side that work on the Kansas side. So they're being affected by the Kansas PD. And we have people on the Kansas side that are suffering vice versa, that every time they try to go to their work on the Missouri side, you know, they're being racially profiled or, you know, things aren't turning out the way they want to as far as systemic racism. So this we came up with this idea to have two separate meetup spots um one on the missouri side and one on the kansas side but then we march we meet up and then we march that state line together and the powerful message that that will send to the people to the um uh racists and to uh the police that are brutalizing our people is that we understand that we are one and the same and the people united will never, ever be divided. Um, as far as how long we plan to do this, I plan on doing this until every reasonable, uh, until every reasonable demand that the people of Kansas and the people of Missouri um, have are met. So um, every reasonable demand. And um, I will continue to fight for um, uh, Black lives, and I will continue to fight for the equality of all
0: all right, Miss Rachel. what a wonderful uh, podcast this has been uh, that you are the first generation zer that uh, we have interviewed and it has been most delightful but not only that, it has been insightful to know that for generations, uh we can continue to pass the baton and the baton is passed in good hands and those good hands are making a difference and so thank you very much for uh, this opportunity to share and thank you we, for having me uh, I'm just so excited and uh and I think I'm gonna share our little secret you- Are my granddaughter. <gasps> so today... <laughs> so is... to have you on my show is just a delight. And I know your grand, great grandfather, D.D. Miller, is uh, very, very pleased with the work that you all are doing. Stay safe, continue to pray. And yes, Black Lives Matter, just like every other life matters. God bless you, my dear. I you. you too. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.